When a predator abuses you and then society abuses you, if this resonates with you or someone close to you, then you want to listen. You're live with Missy Gifford from Biohack, What's Holding You Back. So let's talk about sexual abuse in America. The number one thing that is denied, where the abused becomes the abuser of the abused self. How twisted inside is this? Let me say that again. When the abused becomes the abuser of the abused self. That's all that negative talk, all that self-blame, all of that. So let me regress back though, just a little bit. So you're a young child and you're being raped, sexually assaulted, and the abuser is coming to dinner. Maybe it's a family member while this is going on, or maybe it's somebody that is a, a parent of yours that's doing this to you. All along, this is going on. Can you imagine the rapist is coming to dinner or is living in the house? Can you imagine what this is doing to the psyche of a young developing mind? Well, I'll tell you what it's doing. One of the things it's doing is stopping the development of the brain. There's one person I interviewed that actually stopped growing from the ages of two to four. There are literally development issues in the brain because what is happening is so twisted and inconceivable that it can't even be processed as you get older at how this could happen. And the biggest issue is the denial that when these courageous children speak up and they are denied and told they're liars, they made it up, or it's just swept under the carpet. And I'm telling you, America, this has to stop. This has to just stop. I know nobody wants to look at it, but it's horrid. It is absolutely horrid. 50% of the women in America have been sexually assaulted in one way or another. And that's just the number that's actually reporting it. How many more aren't? Seriously. In a moment, I'll tell you what it feels like when the implicit memory shows up. But once again, here you have these innocent, innocent children that are supposed to be loved, adored, and cherished as the gift that they are. And instead, they're raped, they're assaulted, all these horrid, horrid, things are done to them that is interfering with their normal development. And they are, and if they speak of it, 98% are judged, judged, blamed, and condemned by those who were supposed to protect them. 
what it does to your psyche, to the psyche of a child is terrible. I've been through it myself and I blocked it out. I didn't remember anything from 14 down and I had eight head injuries. So they told me that the reason why I couldn't remember anything from 14 down and why from 14 down, well, the predator left and was no longer in the house anymore. So I didn't remember anything from 14 down. And then, like I said, I was told repeatedly that the reason why you don't remember anything is because I had eight concussions when I was younger and that that's why I had these black spots in my brain. I had so many issues growing up. Number one, sexually and other parts of my life. You know, the saying is that when really smart people do really stupid things, well, guess what? There are areas of my brain that I am just now developing because they didn't get developed when I was younger. I didn't get the things I needed when I was younger. And there are so many adults out there with the same issue. My main purpose of this podcast today is not to talk about what I went through, but to share with you what I've learned because of what I've went through. And the number one thing that I would love to see change is to get rid of the negative voice you have in your head. It is not your voice. Let me say it again. That voice is not yours. Don't own it. Know that implicit memory, which is undigested pain and suffering, is trying to get out. And because it is so twisted to have this happen to you, it comes through as a judgment towards you, but it's not. So implicit memory means that that horrid experience or experiences that happen to you of trauma cannot process through the brain. This was discovered in 1980 by a group of doctors. It can't process through the brain. So what happens is it gets stuck in your unconscious. All right, so the energy is still there, it's still alive. But guess what's going on in your brain? The scene, the rape, the assault is still happening. It's stuck in your brain and it's there. It's called trauma, but you're denying it. And I've got to tell you, some of the things that you refuse to talk about are the things that are destroying you the most because it's affecting and infecting every part of your life and you are not at fault. Please do not judge yourself to other people that have not gone through the things that you have. Secondly, know how strong you are. And also, I want you to know that there's a greater reason why you pick up a drink or you pick up a substance or something to make it stop what's going on inside of you when this is triggered. So an implicit memory of your past is triggered. It doesn't necessarily come through as the memory. 
your unconscious is like its own universe. It has its own language. And I have been trying for three years to describe what happens when it's triggered. My memories did not come up until I started doing AFT on myself. And then all of my memories came up from my childhood of being raped, being sexually assaulted, you name it, it happened. And thank gosh, I was in a place where I was strong enough. Now, I do recommend that if you're listening and this has happened to you, that you do work with a psychiatrist that is a psychotherapist. And AFT works very well with that. But I want you to know that when implicit memory is triggered of this trauma, the chemicals shoot out in your brain. But there aren't, you may not see the images because you may have repressed, not you, but the body and the brain have repressed them so much that you don't see the images anymore. But what you are feeling is the chemical release in the brain of how you felt when the assault or the rape was going on. But it's very aged. It's been in there a long time and it's mixed with a bunch of other traumatic memories that hold that same frequency. It's like a radio station. The brain stores everything that matches that song in one area. And then if it matches this song in this area. And so as time, as it ages, it comes through in a very, very strange way. And like I told you, I have been working for years on trying to figure out how to describe it, how I could describe it to you. So I'm gonna go through an event I went through and it lasted quite a while. Um, and hopefully those of you who think you're addicts and think that there's something wrong with you, um, that you're blaming yourself, you're judging yourself, you're listening to that negative voice, you've taken the shame, you've, you've judged yourself, you actually even hate that part of you. Um, like I said, I didn't know until I was 35 years old. I mean, I knew there was one memory I had, only one, where I was brought home um, in a police car. They, the police picked me up from these people's house and I was in their bed with no clothes on and the sheriff wrapped me in a blanket and took me home and I had a concussion and I'd been raped and all kinds of stuff by those people that had me uh, son. Anyway, my parents didn't know. I was in shock. Nothing was ever done about it. It was just kept a secret. That was the only memory I had. The memory I had was why was I brought home without any clothes on? And why was I in these people's bed? And everybody's telling me that I got hit by a car. Well, if I got hit by a car, why are all my clothes off? And that's really the only memory or thought I had until I was 35 years old and something, I was pregnant with my son and all of a sudden I was feeling terrible. 
I, I just was feeling this horrible feeling towards this child inside of me. And I didn't know why. And at that time I was going to a therapist that did neuro uh, NLP. And what I discovered through hypnosis when I was regressed back was that I was abused and <clears throat> I gotta tell you, it uh, was quite a, uh, how do I say, horrible, horrible, horrible moment for me. And when I got home to my husband, all I remember is how dirty I felt, um, how I didn't want, I didn't want to be a part of that because in my mind, those were dirty women that were strippers and prostitutes. And, you know, we all have our, I guess, our ways that we look at things. And I just remember I was horrified, but it did take away the feeling I had towards my child, which was great. And um, I did years in therapy after that. And that was it. I, I thought I was good until I broke my neck and woke up in suicide depression and found out after working with a psychiatrist that is a psychotherapist that breaking my neck was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And it was too much trauma for my brain. And the suicide was me stuck in my trauma. So all I was feeling was the unconscious and that is suicide. And it wasn't something that I was sitting there thinking, like I told you, there weren't any memories right after the surgery. I did have PTSD really bad. So I had memories of the military, a few memories, but things were moving very weird. The suicide would come whenever it wanted. And it's the same sort of feeling that you get when you have implicit memory of your past triggered. So I'm gonna do my best to describe it. And the reason why I am, and I, why I'm so passionate about this, is I know quite a few people that have been raped and been sexually assaulted when they were a child and nothing was done about it. To be honest with you, I know a lot of a lot of people I've worked with and nothing to this day has been done about it besides the work that they are doing so that they don't number one pass it on and number two they can heal and have those areas of their brain develop which you can do that. But what bothers me the most is I know one young person that her family has denied all of it, all of it. And so she has drug problems, she has drinking problems, she's been diagnosed with bipolar, all kinds of different things. And everybody in the family gets so mad at her because she doesn't remember birthdays and she doesn't remember this and she doesn't remember that. And it infuriated me that there was so much denial and nobody wanted to recognize the fact of what this little girl's been through. And I'm sorry, you know, when we go through things like that, we don't have 
normal brains. Our brains have been so traumatized by having our youth taking away from us because no child should go through that. And then you wonder why we're not normal, why we're maybe not traditional, or maybe you find us irresponsible. We forget things, we all kinds of things because we're living in such trauma and fight or flight all the time. See, we just adapted to it as a child. And then we grew a huge imagination so that we could get through it when it was happening. But what I want you to know is what's going on when that implicit memory comes up. And I just wanna make you aware of the why. Because honestly, when I was woke up in suicidal depression, I was like a deer in the headlights. I needed to know why, why is this happening to me? And it took me a year and a half to almost two to find the psychiatrist to give me answers so that I could understand instead of somebody just handing drugs to me all the time. And I, I, why, why is this happening to me? I'm a healthy person. I work out every day. I drink a gallon of water. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't even take aspirin, you know? And I did 10 years of therapy. Why is this happening to me? I don't understand. So the why is, like I said, live emotions never die. And there's actually a book written about this. But what is a live emotion? A live emotion is something that your brain cannot process. So when you go to bed at night after a traumatic event has happened, it tries to go through the amygdala and file, and it cannot. The brain cannot file trauma unless on the day that it happened, you are able to get your needs met by being able to work through it, talk through it, and get healed. If you do not, then it cannot process, it cannot file, and therefore it goes down into the subconscious, down below time, and it is buried as an implicit memory. Implicit memories are triggered by many things. Songs, uh, sight, smell, all kinds of stuff. And unless you're very attuned to yourself, you're not gonna understand why you're so triggered and why you're doing this to yourself. Whether that be cutting yourself, harming yourself, or repeating what was done to you. Because when that implicit memory hits, you become entranced and you're lost in that memory and you're just looping through the pain of it. Just looping. So that's where I will share how I am trying to give some sort of a description to what it feels like as an adult when it's triggered. Generally, when it's triggered, I don't see images. But this time, I saw not only the image, but I could actually feel the other person's touch. What triggered it is somebody I love that is very close to me has had the same thing done, but nothing has been done about it. And there was a conversation about this person and it triggered so many things in me. That I was out hiking the next day 
And while I was hiking, just hiking away, the image came through and started looping. And all of a sudden I'm stuck in that image. I'm stuck in it. And I there's just tears streaming down my face because the person I love and I kept interchanging with the rape that was going on. So I, I couldn't tell if it was me, her, and it just kept going back and forth. It was horrible. I decided to do an AFT session on myself right then and there, instead of crying for the next four miles and being tortured by this thing looping and looping and looping. Thank goodness the session worked enough to change my state. But then the next morning I woke up and I was right back in it again. So what I found that happens is that it's, it's hell. It's absolutely hell because it's an implicit memory. Like I said, it comes from your unconscious. It's a whole nother universe is what I call it. It's aged and it doesn't come through like normal things come through. Like when somebody hurts you in the moment right now, there's emotions and all these things that you can understand in your 10% your of your consciousness. But when things from the past come through that are implicit memory, it doesn't come through in that way. But I sat in it long enough so that I could share what it felt like. And it's taking me years to do this. And I really hope that somebody is watching that this will help. Number one, the first thing is it's all consuming. And you're in a trance. It takes your peace of mind. Meaning if you're not distracted, if I wasn't distracted doing something after this, it took me right back and I was crying again. If somebody were asked me why I was crying and I didn't have the knowledge and the skills behind me, I would say, I don't know. I don't know why I'm crying. It holds many different tunes at once. So imagine every radio station in your car going off at one time but that's going on inside you. The feelings and emotions are so much more consuming, powerful, deeper, and intense. You can't even identify them as a feeling or an emotion. And I realized I just wanted somebody to understand in that moment. I just wanted to talk to somebody that had been through it. And I just wanted somebody to understand that's been there because it's a feeling you're seeking from them that touches your soul and you know you're not alone. Because we are so judged, blamed and condemned and shamed for the things that were done to us. And then we do things to cover up our pain. And that's where a lot of the judgment comes in. So implicit memory, when that implicit memory came up, it was hell. And I remember suicide when it came through and the only way I could describe it was hell. And the only way out of hell was death. The memory takes you over and you're in it and it's just looping. And like I said, it's a very aged energy 
of darkness that has grown over time. It takes over your mind. You feel like you're suffocating. You feel all these things. You feel angry. You feel hopeless. You feel bewildered, um, inhuman. To this day, in all the therapy I have done, I still cannot conceive in my mind how somebody could do such a thing. Even though I know it was done to them in its implicit memory, it doesn't matter. I still can't conceive it because I have children myself and I can't imagine looking into their eyes and doing something so unforgivable. So what I decided, it's torture. That is the best example I can give when the implicit memory becomes alive. It is like being strung up and being beaten with no clothes on while everybody you told did nothing are standing around and laughing. That's what it feels like. This self-mutated torture with no relief. And then you wonder why in those moments somebody picks up a drug or a substance of any kind or a drink or just anything to make it stop, just make it stop. Unless you have felt what I'm talking about, imagine if you can, just for a moment, what I just shared with you. It affects every part of somebody's life, but why is it denied? Why must the parents continue to sweep it under the carpet, tell the child they're a liar, they imagined it? Why? I'm asking the parents, why do you do that? I don't understand. Is it your own denial and your own coping? Do you know how much courage it takes to speak up about something that is so inhumane and then to be denied your birthright, which is to be loved, adored and cherished as the gift that you are. And that is how every child should be raised. The damage that is done, I want those that have been sexually assaulted to know can be undone, but you cannot deny it anymore. And you can't lie about it anymore because it causes depression, anxiety, phobias, eating disorders. It keeps you from having healthy relationships. It keeps you from self-love. But what I want you to know, and I'll say it again, is that negative voice is not you. You're not at fault. 
it should have never happened to you. You can get help. There is a way to heal. And I am a big believer that the only way we are going to stop it is by healing ourselves. One of the biggest horrors I had was I knew that if I didn't get help, that there was a 98% chance that I would repeat it to my own children. And as I told you, when implicit memory hits, you go into a trance. And I don't know what makes a mind become so sick that when they're feeling what I just told you, the torture, they do it to a young child. It's so sick and twisted that the abused becomes the perpetrator and the predator because it's so twisted. But I want you to know, you can't deny it. This self-judging voice is not yours to own. Don't own that voice. It's not yours. Like I said, it's gotten so twisted because this should be something we shouldn't ever experience. It's gotten so twisted inside that it comes alive and attacks you. But what's really trying to get your attention is those scenes are still running in there. Yes, the scene of you being raped, the scene of you being sexually assaulted, all those scenes are still in your brain running like a movie or a picture or an image. And darn it, they're spitting out chemicals in your brain. So I know I do enough AFT work with people, which is a wonderful process, that we do wind up going back like peeling an onion, but it's a four-step process, so we don't have to talk about it. And I do recommend you're seeing a psychotherapist. But we do go back and we release it. I have worked with people that with a four-step process where you don't have to talk about it. We just bring up the movie or the picture. It shows itself to you. Your body wants to heal. Your body's programmed to heal itself. So anytime you hear that negative voice blaming you, judging you, condemning you, it's just those movies in your brain that are still alive that want out. They just want out. They want to be set free because it's a negative charge. It's like a seesaw in your brain. You have a positive and a negative. And when the negatives become so imbalanced and keep shooting out those negative chemicals and you get enough of them, then that's when it gets really unhealthy. And you can't escape it. And that's when it shows up in forms such as depression, anxiety, eating disorders, all kinds of things. No peace of mind. You're a workaholic. You're angry. You're 
maybe you abuse your own kids physically by hitting them. You do things you don't want to do when those memories come up. And then when you come out of it, you feel terrible. We can fix that and get rid of the emotional charge. You see the emotional charge, that negative charge has to be fed. It has to be fed energy. And this is all science. So it takes your energy. And without going too far in depth, this is one of the reasons why people can weigh 300 pounds. They just can't eat enough to get enough energy to feed all that negative energy that's in them. It's why as you get older, it starts to show up in anxiety and depression. I used to think that it was normal to have suicidal idealisms. Is that how you say that? I'm not sure. Because I used to think as far back as I can remember that I could take myself out at any time. And I thought, everybody thought like that. Eh, done a, some research. And that is what abused children have. I mean, I thought everybody was like that until I realized, well, of course. You try to take some sort of control by saying, I can just take myself out anytime I want to. So please, if you know of anybody you're seeing things, you know, I've had, when I was 35 and it all came up, um, I did bring it up to my siblings and um, my mother and not the perpetrator until later on, many years later I did. Um, but I was, oh my goodness, I was completely shunned and shut down and even one of my siblings uh, years later came over and spoke at my dinner table and actually said what a great person that person was and da 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 and da 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 what do you think that was doing to me i mean come on i grew up in a household where my rapist was at the dinner table every night you know prisoners murderers will kill them in prison. But yet, in the civilized world, they're coming to dinner. They're living in your house. Bizarre. I remember my mother once saying to me that after the predator slept with me, which would be my father, I never wanted anybody to sleep with me again. Ding, ding, ding. Did you ever think that was a sign? I did have my mother later in her years go in and out, admit to it and say she always knew it was going on. And then she'd flip right back into uh, it didn't. I actually had another family member tell me she always knew it was going on. Um, hello, why didn't you do something about it? How can you ignore that? You knew it was going on, but you did nothing. Speak up. When your child comes to you or pay attention to your child, and I'll tell you, 
One of the things I learned from predators, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other different characteristics, but the one that I saw the most was be careful of an adult when they talk to your little girl or boy and tell them how beautiful you are and, and oh, they kind of consume them. Um, they say things that are inappropriate. And mothers, always trust your instincts. Always, always, always trust your instincts because you'll know. You will know. And predators, they don't have a sign on them. So make sure that you're very careful with your children and who you let them be around and pay attention to those people. And if they seem weird or a little off or something doesn't seem right the way they're talking, then trust it. Trust it completely. And if your children come to you, get them help. Do something about it immediately. Don't shut them down because it's too much for you to handle. Get some help yourself. And please stop judging yourself and know that that judging voice is just implicit memory trying to get out. I hope this session has helped and it's given you some greater answers or maybe given you some greater answers to help those that you know that have gone through this. And those that you that have know that you're some of the most courageous people there are. Think about it. Most people, well, the other 50%, don't go through that. And so don't judge yourself. Do what you deserve, and that is to get well. And know that if you see your daughter or son cutting themselves and, and doing these things and they can't hold jobs and they can't do this and they can't do that, talk to them. And when they come to you, do something about it. Don't ignore it. I've had children come to me and tell me when they were in their teens. And then I've watched them become addicts and all kinds of other things. And then watch them get judged and blamed when nobody is taking into account. And I've also noticed that they don't talk about it anymore. It's like it never happened. And the person that did it is coming to the family reunions and everything. You guys, that is so gross. The rapist is coming to dinner. The only way that we can put a stop to something is change how we react to it. And those of you that have had it done to you, contact me at Aroma Freedom Clinic or on Facebook. So this is Missy. I hope you got some relief from this session and hopefully it answered the why. I do hope to hear from you and I appreciate you listening to my podcast. Until we meet again, 
Goodbye for now.